Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. And joining us this evening from south of the border is our foreign correspondent, John Van Berger. Hey, guys. How's it going, John? I'm all right. I, uh, I'm just trying to wake up here. I'm drinking some coffee. I'm, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to bear with me tonight. I think. Oh, you're gonna be awake all night long. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will after all this coffee. Uh, yeah, I don't. I can drink coffee, and it doesn't really keep me awake. But I just have to wake up and keep going to the bathroom all night. I'm at that <laughs> age now. I think. <laughs> uh, coffee is a uh, natural diuretic, so mm. happens even during the day. <sighs> uh, yeah, I'm down to. Two cups of coffee a day. Really? Yeah. From a I regular like... pot and some. Mm. I was up at almost two pots a day at one point. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. I do yeah. A, a, basically I'll do a French press a day and then an, another mug after that. Mm. Um, about three in the afternoon because I found as I've gotten older, a little hit of caffeine at about three o'clock afternoon is just perfect. But see, the caffeine doesn't do anything to me. Like, keep me awake or anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I remember, um, well, when I went to college, I used to drink that and jolt colas and everything else. Oh, to okay. Try, yeah. And I, I think eventually the, the caffeine just said, yeah, it's not doing it. And, uh, yeah, we went mm. on, uh, well, we went to Woodland Caribou there. We did the whole night drive and everybody, oh, drink the Red Bulls, drink the Red Bulls and energy drinks, they'll keep you up. No. No, it didn't. <laughs> I just had to pull over every so often. <laughs> Use the curb. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, what's new, Derek? Anything? Uh, hey, I got. Uh, you guys were talking about knives earlier. I, uh, I got myself a new knife. I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, for camping. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm debating it. I, if I break, take it camping, then I'm gonna have to bring oil because it's carbon steel. So, and they warn right on the package, you uh, wash by hand, dry immediately, never let water sit on it and yada, yada, yada. It's like, oh, yeah, I hate high maintenance stuff. Well, you use it, wash it, dry mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And then when you get home, put the oil on it. Yeah. I'm not carrying we'll oil. We'll see how it goes. But it's yeah. like made from like spring steel or something or like, you know, like the springs of a truck. It's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's got some heft to it. It's, it's a small knife, but it's got some weight to it. So when the bears come running for you. You can throw it at them, yeah. 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 <laughs> now you'll just need to practice your aim. There you go. Well, no, you just get nice and close. But, yeah. <laughs> well, my new Ula knife came in. Oh, yes. I've got one yeah, for home now and one, one for, for camping. For camping. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting good with it, too. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. That slices through meat like butter. Mm, probably cuts through <laughs> fingers, too. I've... Yeah. Got all 10 feet. I have yet to cut myself on it. <laughs> I'm waiting for the day. Yet. Yeah. Yet. 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 The yet. operative word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, um, well, yeah, and I just bought all those other knives as well because mm-hmm. it's time to get new ones and got a new saw. I'm still debating about an, uh, an axe. I'm on the fence about it. Yeah. Cause that's, that's what happens if I don't buy it right away. I start humming and hawing and, <laughs> and thinking, ah, uh, well. Am I ever going to really, I've gone this long without one. Do I really need one Mm -hmm. or am I just wanting one? So I'll see if I actually buy one or not. Maybe when John's not looking next time we're (laughs) camping, his might disappear. I don't know. (laughs) Do you got an an axe, John? 
No, I don't. Damn it. I got, I got two of them. <laughs> Actually, I have uh, I have an axe uh, that we inherited with the house from uh, Jan's father, but I don't take them out with me. So it's you know it sits here. Yeah, we got the big one that sits at our. It's for car camping, yeah. sort of thing only. Yeah. Same here. Yeah, you know. Uh, anything else, Gary? I I did get. I broke down this year and I got myself a new tent. But my did you? I did. So my my marmot tent that I've had since two thousand fall. I bought it fall two thousand, mm-hmm. and uh, just in the, just in the last two years, I've noticed that uh, in heavy rain, the corners start to ooze water. Right. And, uh, yep. and the fly isn't, I, I would probably waterproof it, but, uh, all the seam tapings is, is starting to kind of come off like, yeah. uh, like dead skin. So it's yeah. just, it's like, uh, 20 I years is good. I got, yeah, 20 years, I got good 20 years out of it. But it, the new one I got in Cheval was saying, you got a one person tent. I said, what? It's for when I go solo. <laughs> you stack people in them. You would have to stack it in this. So it's a, it's a hammock tent, but it could go on the ground as well. It's a square base mm-hmm. hammock tent. We talked. We talked about well, this on the show. Say, we That's the one. About, I, yeah, yeah. Okay. I bought yeah. it. I bought it while we were doing the show. <laughs> 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 so yeah. So that came in. I haven't set it up yet because uh, I don't have the right trees in the backyard. But uh, I could set it up on the ground. But I want to. I'm gonna go hiking or something and set it up in the woods. The local and, conservation area. Or yeah, something, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So I like it. It looks as looks like it's pretty good quality. I had it all out and unpacked and. It's uh, it's it's pretty simple. It's not too complicated, but it's uh, it's a it's a little bit for a hammock tent. It's a little bit on the heavier side. It's about the size of it's about the weight and size of a normal tent, but it's a hammock tent, so it's uh, doesn't pack that light. But I got a really nice quilt with it. With a, it's like really thick and puffy, and it's attached to the bottom side. So that's pretty cool. That's and that's my one complaint with uh, hammock camping is. Uh, is uh, on the on the shoulder seasons. It's uh, it gets really cold when the wind blows uh, underneath and takes all your right. heat away. Not if there's a bear under it. No, no. <laughs> yeah, you're right. If a bear were to go to sleep underneath the hammock, it would keep you nice and yeah. warm. See, see, John, see. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I forgot, didn't you? <laughs> no, <I'm> off. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you're just buying stuff left, right, and center. No, I only bought two things. One, two, three, <laughs> see, four, your vines have a lot I had to I get a new two tent. Things and twenty accessories for them. Yes, <laughs> accessorize. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm happy. It's uh, I'm disappointed that the knife is so rust prone, but I'll just have to be very cautious and careful with it. Yeah, like I say, just when you get home, make sure yeah. it's before you pack it away that you give it a little light light oiling mm-hmm. or whatever, and, and and you're good. What about you, John? Are you out buying stuff? Hmm. I'm trying to think if I bought anything recently. What you do? You bought two knives, and you said you're going to return one of them. You thought because uh, you were disappointed in one of them. Did you ever return it, or still have both knives? Actually, what it was was it was because it was the it would rust, and so probably a month or two ago now, uh, a friend of mine uh, was looking for a good Mora knife, and I said, "Well, I got this one. I'm going to return if you want." And I'd gotten it on a really good sale. And uh, so she ended up buying that from me. At twice go. the price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. At regular because price. I'm a good friend. <laughs> uh, wow, you guys are like whiners when it comes to upkeep. 
<laughs> a couple of windy no, winers here. Enough. It just takes one mistake, one oops, you leave it wet, or the 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 the, the I I won't be able to carry it on my belt in case I fall in the water or get my get it wet. Because then it's you know the sheath is wet and whatever, so it's just uh, I'm gonna have to keep it in the barrel. I know, but it's it's all it's gonna take is one mistake. I'm gonna forget one time and just wake up in the morning. It's like, oh no. That's why I went stainless, baby. Wow. <laughs> wow. No, I don't think... Uh, Today's think whining really session brought to you. <laughs> it's not whining. I did get to use it, some of it finally, by the did way. You? You're fighting a bear? <laughs> no. I was saying I get to use some of my gear lately. Oh. Yes, you do. I thought you said you got to use your knife lately. No, no. I actually... The, the very sad thing is I took out the snow trekker, the winter camping tent, yes. for the first time this last week. In the spring. Yeah. And what is but the you question? Know what? <laughs> it was snowing when I was packing up. Um, so the question was, you know, is it a winter camping trip? <laughs> Not in spring. <laughs> <laughs> and my a- response to Alan Drummond on that was... But I live much farther north than you, so you wouldn't understand. (laughs) And see, that's the thing. So when you say from south of the border, we should actually be saying from uh, north, north north of us, west of the border, northwest of the border. Yeah, that'll really that'll really confuse people. And people just, (laughs) I can't handle this. It's all that dipsy doodle of the border. Why don't they just make it straight across all the way out to coast to coast? A nice straight line. Who gets the Great Lakes? Well, I think we, you guys would end up with the Great Lakes. Oh, we're going to do, okay. Okay. I'm good with that. If we did a straight line straight across. But what if we did a straight line straight across from Ontario? Not from the base of the Prairie Provinces. We would end up. Well, from Point Pele. Oh, you mean straight across to the yeah. west coast? Yeah. Oh, then John would be Canadian. Welcome to Canada, John. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I may be wrong without looking. I'm just doing it by memory, but apparently we now own Mount Rushmore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who are those guys anyway? <laughs> we'll recarve them. <laughs> Let's give them nose jobs with a little dynamite. <laughs> oh, the things that would change. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, the uh, the trip down, I went down to uh, another part of Canada, if we're keeping that line, uh, that was formerly in Wisconsin. <laughs> or, or are you going to keep it the province? That's the question. I oh, the province we'll, of Wisconsin. There you go. Will it be? Okay. Yeah. Well, think so with think this too. I went down to a provincial park. <laughs> uh, Black River, uh, was it? Black River State, oops. Black River Provincial <laughs> Forest. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I went down there to do, what was it down there, about five days or something, I guess. Right. And, but it was crazy because, you know, it's the shoulder season, right? So I had a swing down there of negative uh, 11 to 26 Celsius in Ooh. three and a half days. Wow. Yeah. Uh, huh. So... For uh, our American listeners, because I'm Canadian now, that would be 12, <laughs> 12 Fahrenheit to 79 Fahrenheit. It just, you know, in three and a half days. That's it's crazy. Like, wow. yeah. huh. 
But I will tell you one thing. The ticks woke up. Oh, oh, yes, yes. A yes. lot of ticks. Um, pulling them off the tent, pulling them off the dog, That's pulling crazy. them off me. So did you have a mild, off. did you have a mild winter? Um, well, it was up until, you know, we had that about three weeks of negative 30 Fahrenheit, you know, where it was really cold. Um, overall mild, but I would have thought that that would have taken out some of them, right? Yeah, it should have. Uh, it's like minus 30 for, uh, minus 20 or minus 25, minus 30 for like oh, a sustained period, like a month. Uh, that's usually what kills off the population. But uh, mm-hmm. we haven't had a, a winter like that in years. So it's uh, it's it's getting to the point. The key thing is that you want a large die off every winter. Otherwise, right. you every year you're gaining and gaining uh, tick populations. It's just they're and, and they're multiplying instead of uh, dying off over the winter. So there's that many more that survive to have babies and yada yada mm-hmm. yada, right? Yeah. But even here, I've seen a few pictures lately from vets and whatnot um, that they're pulling off animals already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know there was one there was a white piece of paper cloth or something like that, and it was covered. Oh, all wow. sizes of ticks. Huh. So yeah, yeah, they're they're coming out now, man. And it, I think if that's what they've seen already, I know this mm. is going to be yeah. a nasty, nasty yeah. year. Huh. Yeah, it it really seemed like it. In fact, I was it was kind of funny. I was driving uh, after we we packed up everything and driving back home, and uh, I felt something on my face, and I I'm like no, and pulled down the the mirror and looked looked at my face and a tick had climbed out of my beard and onto my cheek and was walking up my cheek towards my eye. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's like, how did, how did it get there? You know what I mean? Like yeah. I didn't feel it or anything else, but geez. Probably fell out of something like a tree or something or yeah, <laughs> rolling around the grass yeah. when jumped on you. <laughs> but <Yeah>. if, if, <laughs> if beard ticks are a thing, <laughs> it's a problem. Oh, I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Do you know that here's here's trivia um, for you just because we're on the disgusting subject of ticks. Do you know the average number of ticks on a moose? 700. Keep going. Really? That's 701. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this is going to be a long show. <laughs> uh, why don't you go up into the tens of thousands? Really? Seriously? Yeah. I've seen moose with, with big wads of ticks. Yeah, on. they're like the size of small grapes and stuff. Mm. And yeah. Wow. 47,000 ticks was an average that they found. An average. Was, yeah. So basically the moose are to blame. <laughs> Is that what you're telling me, John? <laughs> yeah. That's what, I, that's what I'm, I'm taking from this. That's crazy. <laughs> that's nuts. Isn't that nuts? Wow. Um, there was uh, Vermont Fish and Wildlife found... Uh, 90,000 ticks on, on one moose. So how, how do are they surviving? That? How do you count yeah. that many? By ones. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's one, crazy. One tick. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> two, two ticks. <laughs> <laughs> Phil's going to be here a while. You'd have to count per square inch and then just multiply by how many square inches on a cow. A guesstimate or something. Because you're not going to count every single one. <laughs> Oh, yeah. was I at 11,364 or 12,364? <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, yeah. they actually were thinking that a number of this, this Vermont study that they did, um, 
they they were looking at moose densities and how that affects it. But uh, half of the moose calves calves in this one particular area died because of blood loss caused by winter ticks. Wow! Wow, man! Yeah. Huh. I was, I was reading a, a Nevada bar book, and she had something in there about it, um, you know, about how many ticks were on this, that there was a dead moose. And, you know, it, the numbers are just insane. So, um, but yeah, so it was, it was, uh, w- there were a lot of ticks this, this last week, but it was nice to be out. It was nice to finally <laughs> use the winter tent. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, this winter was just kind of an unusual one. So it, yeah, it was it was good. It was it was uh, a nice area. We did some hiking up on some ridges, which was really great. There was uh, what I'm trying to think how many. God, I think there were. I mean, there were eagles. There were cranes. There were you know. I mean, the the herons are back in the area. Ducks, majestic Canada gooses. Um, if we're, <laughs> if we're paying attention to letter Kenny, um, you know, I mean, it was, it was really nice, uh, barred owls at night and, the the frogs were so loud. So is the ice off the, the lakes? Ice is off the lakes. I saw a guy there who, uh, went out, uh, on the water with a stand up paddleboard down there. Ooh. <laughs> um, I was going to bring the canoe and I said to Janice, well, look, you know, let's, let's take Gaia out and see how she does with, you know, because she's the, not a water dog. Right. So let's see if we can get her used to the big, you know, the expedition canoe. And Jan said, why don't we try that in July when the water's warmer? <laughs> <laughs> good, good plan. plan. You know what? Yeah, yeah, good thinking on that one. Mm-hmm. And that's <laughs> but, part of the um, reason why John is still alive is because of Jan. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, yeah <laughs> no doubt. So, but it, no, it was nice. Uh, it was so it just ended up being a hiking and camping trip, but it was nice just to be out, you know. So, um, how did the Dutch oven work? The <laughs> well, <laughs> funny you should mention that. So, I wanted to go use the Dutch oven down there, and I thought what I'll do is I'll just make up some like a you know a chicken soup like a heavy chicken soup um, I will go ahead and, and put some biscuits on top of it and so I'm taking some you know kind of easy to prepare things because it'll be camping right right didn't have a lot of time to to prep something really nice here at home so I ended up buying you know the roll the tubes of of biscuits that you get you know you break it apart right oh yeah 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 I thought you were so going to go with the tubes of fish meat. But. <laughs> I was saying the same thing, but I resisted saying anything. <laughs> tubes of fish meat. Yeah, yes. yeah. Like the, uh, yeah, the, uh, who, we get the, we get the cinnamon rolls and everything. Right, the yeah. Pillsbury, whatever. Yep. So I had those in the cooler. Uh, unfortunately, they somehow fell to the bottom of the cooler, and when that cardboard got into the water, it weakened, and that stuff went... Huey <laughs> kablooey. So, yeah. So I had uh, a, a big hunk of dough down in the bottom of that. So I decided, you know, I I wanted to use it when I could actually do the entire thing with the biscuit. So I actually did that today mm-hmm. uh, here at home, and it worked really well. Really? Yeah. How, how was it, before we get into using it today, how was it carrying it? I guess you well, weren't really was, poor, Todd. Well, if you were hiking with it. <laughs> oh, I didn't hike with that. <laughs> no. I, 
<laughs> no, no, it's a uh, it's a big, um, you know, cast iron one. Mm-hmm. So this is one of the. I do have an aluminum one, I think, as well that we inherited. But um, yeah, this is the big cast iron one. Right. Not portaging that. Not hiking it. Oh. I'm Weiner. not the man you are. Weiner. Weiner. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you use it today yeah. at, at home. Yes. And what'd you make? Uh, I made a, like a, a good chicken soup. Uh, lots of egg noodles, um, veggies. It was, it was uh, really tasty. Put and made the, uh, the biscuits on top of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was great. Um, now, did you put the wood or like the, the coals around it and on top underneath or? Yeah. So what I did was, um, I think that it would have been a lot easier had I just made, you know, like in a sort of a standard fire pit, I ended up using one of those, um, enclosures. And so, you know, the portable fire pits. Right. And because, because of the angle on it, 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 it wasn't as great as if you did it just in a, a straight fire pit, um, but it worked well. I got some, uh, got a number of coals going that way, dropped it down in and then built it up around the sides because this one has the feet on it. Okay. So tried to build it up around the sides as much as possible. And then it took a while for that to kind of get to the point where there was, you know, it started to boil. So I threw in some charcoal, um, briquettes as well just to see if that would help and and of course it started to boil before the briquettes even caught so (laughs) didn't really need them but then i ended up um you know let that go for uh, about 10 minutes or so dropped the the biscuits on top let those go for a bit covered it threw a bunch of the coals and a bunch of the uh, charcoal briquettes up on top and yeah it it, uh, cooked those up just beautifully so really? it was, yeah, it was really good. It's really good. A little too heavy on the noodles, though. <laughs> I, Jan was putting, and I got this bag of really good egg noodles, and they're, you know, big, thick egg noodles, kind of home style. And she put about maybe three quarters of it in there. And uh, right. she said, oh, what the hell? And she just threw the rest of it in, and it was just like, it was a noodle fest. <laughs> it was wrong uh, with that. No, no. As long my, as there's uh, some broth left. Yeah. 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 It, it, it kind of absorbed most of that. So we put another quart of uh, bone broth in. Right. And uh, it, it later absorbed that too. <laughs> <laughs> it, I'm, yeah. It's, so I don't want to know. If you had a smaller one, would you pack it in on a canoe trip with you? Yes. Oh, yeah. And, and if I was going to be doing a, a trip where there wasn't going to be a lot of... Uh, Portaging. Oh wait a minute! I'm I'm Canadian now. Canadian aren't I? now yes, yeah. you got to change the way you say yeah. that. If I wasn't going to be doing a lot of portaging, that's right. That, Coach that, program, that buddy. Do, I, I heard, uh, oh, how about if I say if I wasn't going to be on a lot of portages, mini hikes, <laughs> mini hikes. <laughs> yeah, let's stick with that. It's just getting too confusing for me. <sighs> uh, no, I, I would I would definitely take one. Yeah. Yep. Well. Funny you should mention, because I've been humming and hawing, and like I say, if I don't buy it right away, I'm not going to. Uh, I received a message from one of our listeners, Earl Elliott Jr., 
and he mm-hmm. says he has the GSI 10-inch aluminum Dutch oven. Uh, there's no feet on it, so Derek doesn't have to worry about uh, poking <laughs> holes in anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, three pounds, 11 ounces, perfect for a group two to six. Makes makes a canoe bread perfectly. They mm. says they take it all the time, even on trips with portages, and it slides right into the, his uh, Duluth pack, no problems. And he lives in Vermont, and they do all their tripping through Maine and, and the uh, New York Adirondacks. Mm. So he's taking it. Um, I went, <laughs> I went searching through all the outdoor stores around here online and everything, uh, mm-hmm. like Sale, Bass Pro, Mac, and you think I could find one, a Dutch oven? No. Hmm. Home Depot, <laughs> however, let me tell you. Home Depot and Lowe's. <laughs> Home Depot will have me a new cast iron, um... Dutch oven in about a week. It'll be here. Cool. Yeah. So I'll give it a whirl. I've got one of those little backyard fire pit things. So I'll give mm-hmm. it a whirl, test a couple things there. And then, so, but it's like, they're like 13 pounds or 12 pounds or something like that. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not. <laughs> if you're doing a base camp. <laughs> it'd be perfect. Yeah. 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 So. Yep. But if you're planning an ultralight hike, going to do the Bruce trail or something. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, I think y- the the cast iron one that I've got is what was it, four hundred and twelve pounds? Four hundred and twelve. That's what it felt heavy. like after the second portage. <laughs> it comes it's with heavy. the entire kitchen stove at four hundred and twelve pounds. Yeah. Well, like I say, you can you can stick stuff in it as well for yeah. You know, like so rocks, yep. rocks and stuff, rocks and stuff. Well, see, and I was looking at it about the feet thing. I can I don't this one doesn't come with feet, the one I'm getting. But the lid has handles on the side, and so does the the pot, right? So you can use the lid as a frying pan as well. But you can yeah. stuff stuff in it while you're while you're traveling or for storage, and um, you can use rocks instead of feet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll, I'm going to give that one a whirl and. Uh, I'm sure Derek will have one by next season. <laughs> or by tonight. <laughs> or by tonight. <laughs> yeah, it, it was actually a really tasty <laughs> meal. I'm um, looking forward to going out and playing with it a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, like I say, when mine comes up, like I say, I've got that thing in the backyard. They're all, uh, give, uh, give it a whirl and try out some recipes that we can hopefully take. Even for um, winter camping. Throw oh, it on the throw it on the then, stove yeah. and exactly oh, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. that sort yep. of thing and it's it's perfect, right? So right. we'll give it a whirl. Yeah. Uh moving on here. Hashto hashed hashto? Hashtag hashto. <laughs> <laughs> if you got hashto, see a doctor. <laughs> I don't know what hashto is. <laughs> Hashtag, however. Oh. <laughs> different <laughs> hashtag quetico portage challenge <laughs> uh, i've seen a few pics and videos of people doing the uh the the challenge uh sue of sue's outdoor crew has done a few of them by the looks of it mm-hmm. uh and one of them she went through starbucks yes <laughs> went through the starbucks she portaged her canoe through starbucks <laughs> she's awesome <laughs> yeah yeah good honor you could see in uh, so another person posted it 
and uh, it, uh, somebody knew Sue's and they saw the post and sent it to Sue. The posting is now taken down, but it showed a woman driving behind her in the in the uh, drive-through, taking pictures of of Sue in front of her car. And there's it showed her uh, Sue's husband Dan taking pictures of Sue going through the uh, through the drive-through <laughs> and so on, right? And uh, uh-huh. and as I understand it, somebody bought her her Starbucks in one of the cars. Huh? Buy that woman <laughs> a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you get that done? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I'm going to the keg next week with my canoe. <laughs> Buy that man a steak and potato and lobster. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's pretty cool that people are uh, are doing the challenge. Yeah, yeah, I've seen quite a few posts now uh, of people doing the challenges, and uh, I haven't done it yet, but uh, I, I do intend to do one or two of the portages. I tell you, we should get down to Rotary Park, and maybe we should we organize like a date. Yeah, we get a whole bunch of people down there. Yeah, yeah, like a herd of canoes. What would it be called? What do you oh, think let's that not would get be it. Called? Hey Siri. <laughs> so this hits a murder of crows. What would be canoes be? <laughs> it's a clue. A clue of. <laughs> a flotilla of canoes. A clouder. A clouder. I think a clouder is cats. Is it? A group of cats is a clouder. We're not getting into this again. <laughs> In other news, <laughs> uh, I've been getting some uh, paddling pics from some listeners as well. All the way, I actually got one yesterday, I think it was Regina. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I just hope by Regina. Oh, cool. They're, cool. they're paddling already, so. Right. People are slowly getting out on the water, and the only thing I'll say about this right now is mind the cold water and wear mm-hmm. your PFD. Yeah, enjoy absolutely. It, enjoy getting out on the water. Yeah. Uh, you know, with, with everything going, I mean, we're going in another month of lockdown. Uh, no travel and all that sort of thing, apparently. So um, mm. if you can get out, mm-hmm. then yep. do so, do it safely, and enjoy yourself while you can. Mm-hmm. Yep. This week, John, back on Tuesday, you joined Dennis on Canoe Hound Adventures YouTube. Yes. To discuss a few things. Um, yes. Was what getting I ready? Getting the your gear? about. I did the expose about you two, actually. Oh. <laughs> An expose. <laughs> it had nothing to do with you know. Five uh, years. Finally, but- somebody's throwing mud. <laughs> <laughs> Are my skeleton still in that closet? (laughs) (laughs) No, we talked about uh, gear, you know, getting gear maintenance repair and getting everything ready for the upcoming season. So it was uh, uh, Kevin Callen was on and Mm -hmm. then uh, Zach from uh, Frontenac Outfitters. Okay. And and he was great. He had just super knowledgeable guy. uh, Very interesting. So... Yeah, so we we went down through, you know, paddles, everything from, you know, your paddles, the boats, PFDs, uh, tents, all of it going down, you know, stoves, first aid kits, backpacks, all the way down the list. And it was a long show. It ended up being about two and a half hours, actually. Well, we usually do a a get ready for spring show. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, we also do a how to pack everything away. How to pack stuff away for winter. But we, once you do it well. two or three times, it's like okay, we've yeah. we, yeah. done that enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We this week's episode re- is brought to you by episode number eight. <laughs> 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 go back, go way back. <laughs> this uh, week's episode, your midsummer gear check episode. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know what? Like 
um, we usually end up doing a, a, a springtime, you know, check your gear, check this, check that sort of thing. But this year, we're just going to say, go to YouTube, find <laughs> Canoe Hound Adventures. We'll probably post it on our, uh, our Facebook page, a link to it. And listen yep. to Dennis and John and Zach uh, ch- ch- and Kevin Callen. I forgot about Kevin. Um, <laughs> how's that possible? Uh, chit-chat about getting your, your gear ready for this summer and your paddling gear, your camping gear. Yep. And, uh, getting your, your first aid kits updated. And, uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's a real key one too, right? Because your, your medications tend to go off on those, the gloves tend to, eventually they're going to start to stick together and goop up. So, you know, all of those things, throw in a mask, throw in some hand sanitizer, um, you know, that's important stuff to do. Yeah. And I mean, especially the safety gear, you know, like mm-hmm. you say, when it comes to, you know, throw ropes, your PFD, your first aid kits, your sound signaling devices, stuff like right. that. I mean, you know what, if you, oh, well, my paddle, I'm sure is still good, whatever. <laughs> but when mm-hmm. it comes to certain things, they're either, you can't just take it ah, for granted. It was good at the end of last season. Yeah. When I packed right. it away. Yeah. You know, because especially with a rope, I'd hate to get out there and you expect that throw rope and then you find out that's where the squirrels made their nest. (laughs) (laughs) As you chuck it, the rope, it goes into 15 pieces and there's five squirrels go with it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my first... Actually, you know, that that topic sort of came up last night because I had a, um, stored a, a kayak out in somebody's barn. Right. And the raccoons decided that it was a cozy little place to to sleep and to stay and when i pulled it out it smelled a lot like a cat litter box oh Mm, nice and then when the seat of that gets wet it smells like a cat litter box again oh (laughs) it just seeped right in there yeah yeah nice and juicy wow yeah well when you talk about ages of things it got me to thinking that uh I don't know how many years old my first aid kit is, but I don't think I've used it in about two or three years. It hasn't even been opened in two or three years. So it's, and it goes on all these trips with me. It's just got me thinking. It's like, I I wonder what's in there for one, but for two, (laughs) it's like, uh, I usually carry, uh, uh, um, what what do you call it? The Claritin or something like that. Just in case you're out in the middle of nowhere, just in case somebody gets bit by, you know, too many bugs and, or gets stung by a bee or something. It's like, I'll have something, right? Right, right, and so though that Claritin is probably a little too old now for use. Yeah, you know what? If, if you're going to replace that, what uh, a really good option is would be um, Benadryl. There's the Benadryl gel caps or the liquid Benadryl, you know, that they use for children. So you can adjust, you know, kind of look oh, at uh, quantity and figure out yeah. for adults or whatever, right? But but to get that immediate impact if somebody has a problem, yeah. Um, you know that's that's a really good thing to do. The um, the other thing that I thought was really interesting when you're mentioning first aid kits was you can if you go out. Let's say you're you know you're you're on shore. You fall, hit a rock, uh, maybe knock a tooth out or something like that. Something where you've got really significant pain, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You can alternate ibuprofen uh, with Tylenol or acetaminophen. And um, there's, if you alternate the dosage and times, you can actually get what is considered to be the same effect, painkiller effect, as taking opioids. Hmm. 
but without any of the problems, without it, you know, spacing you out or yeah. whatever it might be, right? So let's say you are on a river trip and now you, you know, you knock some teeth out or something, you're, you're done, right? Your trip's mm-hmm. over, you got to get out. But if you're someplace where you still have to paddle to get out, this is a really good option because, you know, it will allow you to, to do that. So what I'm going to do is post on uh, the Outdoor Kind on our blog section I'll post a link. There was a, what was it? Uh, it's instructions from the University of Michigan Medical School about how to do this. And, and they suggested, like, on, for example, post-surgery where you have, you know, significant pain, which would be fairly similar to, you know, <laughs> teeth removal in the wilderness. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was actually, it's, it's kind of a really cool idea. So That injury sounds pretty specific. John. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying, uh, you know, maybe maybe this is from experience, but, you know, we know your history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is this is a, a completely hypothetical situation. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. He's air quoting, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hypothetical. <laughs> so, you know, now that you're and, Canadian. And I'm air doing... <laughs> Air doing some other gesture to you right now, Sean. <laughs> now that you're Canadian, there there is that uh, free healthcare thing. Ooh! <laughs> Forget everything John just said. <laughs> That's right. I love you guys. I'm coming over soon. <laughs> uh, uh, to get back to the uh, Benadryl thing. Yeah. Uh, our dog had skin allergies. So mm. depending on running through tall grass and stuff like that, just get beat red chest and, uh, and and whatnot and yeah. our vet told us benadryl and i think i think we we would cut them in half uh, a hard okay. one of the hard benadryl pills cut them in right. half and yeah it, it helped the dog now he oh. was uh basically the size of a lab what mm-hmm. 89 pounds yeah <laughs> um so a half a pill for for an 80 pound dog sort of thing Mm-hmm. To stop from scratching, itching. Yeah, and, yeah. So, I mean, you know, you get the dogs out there and they've got the bug bites and mm-hmm. the, you know, if they go through grass and get something, anything that I guess you would take Benadryl yeah. for, right? Sort of deal. Yeah. So just double check with your vets to, um, if you are going to do that sort of route, yeah. they they might have a different dosage or whatever, depending if you're running through the bush with your chihuahua. <laughs> you know, and six inch grass is running through the bush for a chihuahua. <laughs> yeah. So I went, no, chihuahua was running through eight foot tall grass. Um Yeah, so that that sort of stuff getting your now see, we have we had this place called the uh Pickering Markets. Uh basically mm-hmm. it was a massive flea market. It ended up being a lot of uh, cell phone covers and <laughs> blankets and knockoff t-shirts and there was other stuff as well but one of the places there was a first aid supply place mm-hmm. so you could go there and get um you know the the metal clamps and stuff like that and uh, is this for like home surgery or something <laughs> uh yeah just in case you know you got the mob coming to your door and you gotta pull a bullet or something. Uh, <laughs> just saying, you know, hypothetically, quote quote. <laughs> in case you're out there and your buddy knocks his teeth <laughs> teeth out. Quote quote. 
<laughs> and um, yeah, you could. I used to go there, and you know, uh, you need a a uh, tensor bandage. You know, they sell them. You need some new cotton pads, whatever they they sell them. Triangular mm-hmm. bandages, regular bandages, all that sort of stuff that you would have, um, right. or should have in in your first aid kit. You could get it there yeah. rather than going to you know like a pharmacy and, and not having exactly what you need. They had different sizes, different quantities, you know, you can buy one ofs or 10 ofs and all that sort of stuff. They just closed that because of, uh, COVID. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You, you did not know that? No. Picker Markets is gone. Like gone, gone? Gone, gone. Not just shut down temporarily. It's gone. It's done. Wow. Yeah. So mm. you go there and there will be nobody selling you anything. <laughs> unless so, you want to buy a building. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you have to find another place to get your Black Velvet Elvis now. That's exactly <laughs> yes. it. That's exactly it. To go with the 14 others I got here. That's yes. <laughs> and the Elvis bust. <laughs> Elvis playing pool or, or <laughs> playing pool with the chihuahuas. That's it. Playing poker. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so every year, I mean, that's the big, big thing is every year you have to go through your first aid kit. Because like mm-hmm. you say, John, stuff... It goes out of date. Mm-hmm. It yeah. doesn't stick anymore. It doesn't, yep. you know. And I mean, if, if you keep it in the garage or something over the winter, who right. knows if something's gotten into it? Yeah. And, you know? you know, the other thing too, to be honest, and we mentioned this last, or what was it, uh, when we recorded the show, the um, if you're out on a trip and it gets warm and you've got your first aid kit with you and, you know, it's uh, 30 Celsius or, you know, 80 plus Fahrenheit, that, that's going to take a really heavy toll on that medication because, mm-hmm. you know, cold, you know, it's, it isn't typically as bad, but heat is really, really rough on medication. So, you know, it, it's with those, even though the, you know, you get those little, um, you know, little foil or little paper things of ibuprofen in there, right? And it's a, it gives you an expiration date of a couple years. Honestly, I would, that's something I would change out. And, you know, you can drop those in, in Ziplocs, just write down what it is, the, you know, the dosage of it and, and the expiration on it. So, you know, with those, but it's easy to do that, you know, put the whole thing in a, to a dry bag and, you know, you'll be a, a good to go. But I think one thing to, that, that I found out <laughs> firsthand is that, uh, when I cut my, when I sliced my hand up, we went through two first aid kits of gauze, oh, of yeah. gloves. You know, I, it was bleeding like crazy. So, you know, we went through everything from two first aid kits. So, throw in extras, throw in extra gauze, throw in mm-hmm. extra gloves. You know, you the weight of that stuff is nothing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, you you figure you you add that in there, and and most of the kits too are big enough that you know they're. You know, people are always throwing in extra stuff, right? Yeah. So, yeah. if if uh, people are, you know, haven't heard me preach about this before, <laughs> uh, we do have on on our on our blog page we do have the the emergency kit and first aid kit additions uh, on a handout a, a PDF handout there. So which is different than your PFD handout. Um, <laughs> yes. And so if people want to go download that, 
um, we have a, a number of things on there that we list as really good additions to a first aid kit. So we want to just kind of let people know about that too. And that's on the outdoorkind.org blog yep. page, correct? Yes, correct. And just slash blog will we'll take you to it. The other thing, and, and I can't say it enough, and it's on that on that listing, but, but given what we were talking about earlier in the show, those tick keys get a tick key mm-hmm. they are I, they're they're not much i mean they're really inexpensive but they work they work mm-hmm. really well so on the, all of the ones we pulled off the dog we used the tick key and it came out completely so um well, especially if you're taking good. a dog or or a cat in the back country <laughs> cat mm-hmm. i've seen it <laughs> i've seen it and i've got two cats here that apparently somebody wants to start taking for walks and oh. i'm trying to dissuade <laughs> once they get a, once they get a likening for the outdoors, as soon as you open a door, they can scoop past you. And Nicodemus, our old white cat, mm-hmm. he used to make runs. Yeah, and then one day it was about four feet of snow in our front yard. <laughs> he stopped at the top of the stairs, going, "What's that?" <laughs> oh, well, go introduce yourself to it, I said, as I put my foot under his button, dumped him in. He never made a run for it ever again. <laughs> There's crazy stuff out there. <laughs> it's cold out there. Oh. Um, well, on the, on the safety thing, Derek, you pointed us in the direction of our buddy John Bobalik. Yes. From uh, Backcountry Custom Canoes. Yeah, he posted a thing today. Um, so he's he's has he's had a couple good uh, posts recently. There's uh, he's a really good author. He he writes really well, clearly, and he, he's not all highfalutin and stuff, right? So oh, uh, forget <laughs> it. I only talk about highfalutin people here. <laughs> <laughs> so he he basically uh, so today he's talking about you know to be safe in the backcountry to make sure you survive your trip. There's two key things if you want to just break it down. Like everybody knows about. Uh, PFDs and and all this stuff and there's all kinds of different things that you should be doing so that's common sense but if you focus on these two things it could make the difference it could make or break a trip right Mm -hmm. so one of them is he's uh he talks about uh dehydration and and it uh, to read it it's like well yeah that makes sense I hadn't really thought about it in those that way but it's totally true and and uh, so if you don't keep yourself well hydrated you you set yourself up to make some poor decisions and you're not thinking clearly you're you know you gotta you gotta keep your your not just your body hydrated but your brain hydrated mm-hmm. right so he yep. says if you don't drink enough water or you make bad decisions and likely to lead likely to most of those crazy stories you read on facebook he says uh so even the most logical and level-headed person does dumb stuff when they are dehydrated, uh, all the best trippers understand the value of a deliberate overhydration. So, make sure you're constantly peeing in the backcountry. You know, and, and <laughs> oh, only the backcountry. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I got some apologizing to do. <laughs> but it, but it's true. It's uh, and whether it's uh, whether it's uh, warm weather or cold weather, it's uh, it, it's important, right? So mm-hmm. he says, make sure you drink enough water, and the only consequence is you pee more often. If at the very least you want to watch, like a, you know, uh, so he talked talked about this, talked about that. And he says at the end, he says also wear a hat. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> well, the the hydration, I guzzle. Absolutely yeah, you have guzzle to. water. Yeah. Like I I, just, I sweat so much when I'm I'm doing my trips and that, and that's what I find is like. I just can't keep my Nalgene bottle yeah. filled enough. 
I've been on trips like that where it's like a really hot summer mm-hmm. and I'm like drinking a lot of water. Yeah. And, you know, halfway through the day, you think to yourself, I haven't peed since breakfast. I'm drinking like a liter of water every hour or so, and it's clearly not enough. I'm still I'm sweating so much yeah. that uh, I'm I'm uh, you you have to drink enough so that you are making yourself pee a lot and pee clear. Well, there's yellow pee. There's there's some trips where you start the portage with a pee and then you finish the portage <laughs> with a pee. at that point. Okay, I'm drinking enough water. <laughs> Didn't you just stand up out in the middle of the lake? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep yourself hydrated it's, at all it's times. It's very important. It, it, yeah. it keeps you thinking straight, thinking clearly. And uh, and that's one of the important things. You want to be able to make smart decisions in the backcountry. Uh, the other thing you talked about is hyperthermia. Um, so getting too cold is a problem. It can kill you. And uh, if you don't, you don't have to get wet to and to have you it mess you up, right? It's you're, you're, if you're in poor conditions or it's raining or whatever. Like I can think of a few times on trips where it's uh, I I was getting wet. And I thought, oh, well, you know, uh, I'm wet, but I'm just gonna crank it through this portage, and uh, it'll the portage and carrying the canoe in the back will warm me up, and it didn't. Mm-hmm. By the end of the portage, I was still shivering and shaking, and I just gotten too far. I was too cold. E- even working my way down the portage with a with a heavy pack and carrying all the food and stuff, it uh, I still felt really bad. And on that same trip, it was uh, it was this is the meanest link. So we had to stop early that day because I was I was like I couldn't stop shivering and shaking, and I just felt bad. I wasn't thinking clearly. And, uh, and so we quickly set up a tent and I got into dry clothes and I, I got into a sleeping bag and I just went right in and, and didn't come out for the rest of the night. Right. They even were shooting food through the tent door for me. And, and, uh, so later on the trip, it was, uh, it was, we were, again, we're in a rainstorm. It's spring, it's early June. And, uh, and we were coming, we're almost getting close to Camp Pathfinder and, uh, the uh it was raining again it was just constantly raining and I, I don't know if i was more wet from sweating inside my rain jacket or what but and my rain jacket wasn't very good it uh it was uh, getting a bit older along in the tooth so it right. wasn't perfectly waterproof it just kind of oozed through water so it, i was i was soaking wet again and uh but what i did this time which i never thought of doing the first time and i know better now i learned a lesson is uh we quickly stopped in an island and i threw on a dry shirt and a dry jacket and within five minutes, I was a hundred percent better. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. ah, I should have done that early in the trip. I should have just changed out into a dry shirt. Yeah. I've done trips with, when it's raining all day and my rain gear keeps me really dry. Yeah. But it also, if I'm making a really good sweat. It, you get wet from the inside. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. There, I've been on trips where I've worked like an absolute dog on portages and you take your ja- rain jacket off and. I don't know which was wetter inside or out, you know, from the sweat or from the rain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. The one thing he did say though in this, and I don't know why I've never really made the connection between dehydration and um, hypothermia. Mm-hmm. Dehydration can... Cause you to become hypothermic? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you, it can, hypothermia can be compounded. Yes. By dehydration. Exactly, yeah. Because you're... you're yeah. Your body isn't working at uh, at the most efficient mm-hmm. level, and uh, so you have you, you're dehydrated. You're, there's less blood flowing through your veins. You're, you get, there's less, you know, it, it causes a lot of other issues where your body may not be able to 
stay warm because you're dehydrated. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, and so he, he goes on to talk about a few things here with hypothermia. He talks about shoulder season camping. He'll, if he expects it to be rainy, wet, or if it's going to be cold, he'll bring a saw and an axe. But that in the summertime, he doesn't bring the axe because it's it's warm enough that you don't really need it. And so he just, it's, it's, there's a, if you go to, what is it? Ontario backcountry camping, camping, the Facebook group, it's a, he's, it's a really good write up. It's a really well done. It's very point. It's very pointed and it's, it's very well written. It's uh and one of the things, one of the common things, one of the common themes that I kind of took out of this and it's kind of, it's an ongoing theme is uh, make sure you got a hat. Well, sun protection <laughs> in the winter or summer, summer. Yeah. And cold protection in the winter. Yeah. So sleeping at night, got a nice toque on. Even yep. in the summer, it can get cold at night. And, you know, spring, summer, winter, fall, it, it keep the sun off your head. Uh, it, it'll keep you, uh, you're going to lose less uh, heat through your head with a hat on, right? As well, it'll keep you dry if it's raining or, or whatever, right? So it's it's good to have, you know, a hat, spare hat, a hat and a toque, something to keep the rain and sun off you and something to keep your head warm, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on what the conditions yep. are. So yeah, yeah I just, uh, when I saw that today, I was like, oh, this is really good. So it's, uh, it's very well, very well pointed. I think um, I agree mostly with everything he said. I think I would make, Maybe, I think I would make maybe two sort of, um, I guess I'd say amendments to it more than anything else. One would be, you know, he talks about the value of deliberate overhydration, and that's the, the phrase he uses there. I think we have to be really careful between being hydrated and overhydrated, because there's something called hyponatremia, and yes. that's you know where your 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 the electrolytes in your body you're flushing becomes, everything out yeah yeah it, it can it kill you too diluted it can right. kill you right and so i think that's that's the one thing i would say you know absolutely drink a lot um you know the thing about drinking before you sort of think you need it yeah um like when when i was uh you know backpacking this past week and that was the thing too stop it looked at an overlook pull out have some water. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's the one thing I, you know, I, I don't think I would have used that phrase deliberate over hydration. And particularly, you know, if you are, you know, like, like you've talked about with the portages, uh, <laughs> the, you know, if you're doing a lot of hard work, you need to, to be hydrated. You got to be, I don't know. I, I think for me, I would not use the term overhydration. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, athletes, you know, long distance runners, etc. I mean, you know, there's overhydration and, and hyponatremia can be dangerous. So I would just throw that out there. It doesn't happen a lot. It's not that common, but it is something you have to think about. The only other thing I'd I would sort of add to this, you know, he talks about a first aid kit and says, you know, you're probably smart enough to figure out, you know, that and, you know, mentions PFDs and stuff. But these are two important things. But the thing that he doesn't mention is that the number one cause for people leaving the backcountry and trips and stuff are stomach issues. And that's the, the number one cause. So... 
you know, you have to have something to deal with stomach issues. That's that's really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. So I would, you know, you, you know, add to the to the first aid kit issues that we talked about. I think um, I think he makes some really good points, but you know, the the stats don't lie. It's it's stomach issues are the number one cause. So it's Derek's cooking. <laughs> Derek's what? Cooking. I'm cooking. <laughs> yes, I've, I made some bad food. <laughs> uh, um. <laughs> you, I, you know, I didn't bring up anybody's name with that. Okay. I just <laughs> oh, I feel free to do that. <laughs> I just, I just put it out there. I didn't. <laughs> well, you were hinting, and it. I know you were kind of scared to say anything, John. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a, it's a good article. I, I think is. he hits a yeah. lot of stuff, yeah, he does. you know, really well. So, yeah. Definitely check it out. Yes. Uh, John, you mentioned something about a new canoe. Oh, well, yeah, I've been wanting to get a something in a 15-foot solo range. Right. And a somebody posted on Facebook Marketplace over in Minnesota, they had a uh, bell, an old Royal X uh, bell, and a, a decent price on it. Maybe a you know a little high, but right now, right stuff is stuff is more expensive because if you try to get something new, it's going to be a long wait. So I think a lot of people want something that they can take out you know this summer versus getting it at the end of summer if you you know if you order it new. And within minutes, this guy had. A couple of people already interested, and a guy coming over. I think I was third in line, and he said, "Well, if these people don't want it, you know, uh, you can definitely come over and take a look." And then they ended up getting two people after me, and and it was just in a short period of time. And of course, the first person that saw it took it. I mean, right. from the photos and everything, and then also he had some uh, bending branches paddles with it that he was, you know, including. So I think he had two of those and you know two other kind of crappy paddles so yeah it it just gone came up lickety split yeah just absolutely gone so i think you're going to see a lot of that right now right with uh, sort of the the changes in the market due to covid well there's been scams and everything up here there's been uh, scams and plus other yeah, things yeah other things um if you're looking for a used paddle craft and this just isn't canoes it's kayaks Stand up paddle boards, you name it. Mm-hmm. Watch out for price gougers and scammers. Yeah. People selling used canoes for the pretty much the same price as a new one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone taking deposits, and this was this, uh, the one person's been arrested, uh, this particular example, taking deposits on paddle craft when the buyer shows up, the seller, the paddle craft, and their deposit is nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Give mm-hmm. a fake address and yeah. they're gone. Make sure you do your research and price comparison, and chances are, if it seems too good to be true, probably is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep. I've noticed three times so far, I'm sure it's happened more than three, but the three times that I've noticed it is uh, a canoe will go on to the, into Kijiji or something, and uh, they'll be asking like $1,500. They'll get a whole rush of people asking about it. Suddenly the ad gets pulled. It's like, oh, it must have sold. And then it shows up the next day for twice the amount. And there's people right. flipping them too. Yeah, and there's people flipping them. Yeah, yeah. but it, like if th- what I've seen three times is the same guy selling it. He just realizes, oh, 
a lot of people really want this canoe. So it takes it down and puts it back up to 2500 or something, and it sells immediately anyways. Yeah. So he's made an extra $1,000. Yeah. And there's, uh, a, there's a lot of that sort yeah. of funky stuff going around now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which is... Anyway, it's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. happen. You just got to yes, got to protect yourself and be yeah. wary and watchful. Yeah. Uh, I've got one more thing I want to talk about here. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything else you want to chat about. And this didn't work for you guys for some reason. Yes, we uh, tried. All <laughs> three of us tried googling it at the start of the before we recorded. I was on <laughs> yeah, and then you ended up on Moose Nose. Oh yeah. <laughs> Derek went down the moose. No- Apparently this is a food. Moose nose. I had no idea. And it's disgusting. I thought it was I, like shark fin or was, something, but no. <laughs> uh, I was shuddering at it. So apparently you, uh, you take the nose of a moose, you boil the heck out of it. Uh, you spend a lot of time peeling skin and fur off the nose and then you boil it and cook it down more with whatever you want to cook it with. And after it's been cooking for hours or days or whatever, you uh, chop it up in little tiny pieces and, and it turns into a kind of like a gel- gelatinous goo. And uh, you make either a pate for crackers or or whatever, right? It's like, it's like <laughs> just looking at the pictures of it, I'm thinking like, like uh, <laughs> what's those Christmas cakes? <laughs> like the fruit cakes. It's like, oh, looks yeah, the fruit cake. It, it looks like <laughs> a really greasy, gross <laughs> fruit I cake. I like Christmas fruit cake. <laughs> There's been listeners right now going, oh, I love me some moose, no- moose nose. <laughs> it was it was just, it was like to show somebody with their hand, a big moose nose, just the moose nose. Nothing else was attached to the moose nose. It was just the nose. And it's like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's where we, <laughs> where Derek ended up. I don't know how I came across that. I d- All <laughs> I did was... Oh, it was the moose sniffing its toe. Oh, the picture I posted, yes. Um, I w- was looking at Greenland, paddling in Greenland. Yes. So I went into Google and hit paddle Greenland. Yeah. Right? Paddle in Greenland. All I got was pages and pages of... Greenland paddles. Greenland paddles. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the country Greenland really needs to step up its uh, paddling info on Google. <laughs> it worked for me. <laughs> to include more more, more than just paddles. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then you two, I said, type that in. What, what do you guys get? Oh, there's Visit Greenland. And what? <laughs> <laughs> you, you must have fired. It's your wording. You must have wording. No, word. no. Uh, I had to type. Like, yeah, I ty- typed in Paddle Greenland or Paddling in Greenland, and it was all just the Greenland paddles. I oh, typed in not- where to paddle in Greenland, and I only got one article. <laughs> that's not what you told me you used those at, at the start. You said spanking in Greenland. <laughs> oh, no, no, that was that was, that was was previous. No, that was... Oh, oh, that's yeah. a different search. That was, that was, that was paddling. <laughs> oh, that was something Sorry, different. Sorry, I, I that was got something different. somehow. Oh, great. Now I'm going to have to do some editing. <laughs> <laughs> Things I found out about paddling <laughs> with a real paddle in a kayak. In Greenland. <laughs> Just to be clear. <laughs> in Greenland, a few things I found out. First, you better be rich. Oh, yeah? Um, $2,000 plus, or sorry, 2,000 euros plus. 
<laughs> for some of these trips. But you're kayaking by glaciers, icebergs, through fjords on all these trips they're offering. But it's like guided or something? Uh, a lot of them are guided, but there's there's some that you can do on your own, self-guided. Um, the, yeah, I was looking at, at some of these guided ones. <clears throat> and Iceland always seems to be a starting point mm-hmm. and an ending point. So basically you fly to Iceland, then you fly to Greenland, then you fly back to Iceland, then you fly home. And is there paddling in Iceland while you're there? De- that depends on you. Okay. That's that's not part of the tour. I thought tour. that was part of the tour. Nope. Uh, uh, there are a lot of combined kayak, hiking, biking trips there. So I looked mm-hmm. at one sample trip. Day one, you fly from Reykjavik, Iceland to Narsarsuak, Greenland. Day two... You travel to where all the kayaks and everything are. You learn the basics of kayaking and safety. And then you stay the night in tents. Day three, you kayak through icebergs. Uh, about 10 kilometers up the fjord to a spot where you make camp for the night. And you sleep in tents. Next day, you paddle out to see a glacier. Then back to your original starting point. And day five, you get a guided tour of Viking ruins. Then fly back to Iceland. Hmm. So five days, four nights, um, with only two of them realistically being paddling days. 2,150 euro per person. That's approximately $3,200 Canadian. This includes per flight. Per person. It includes flights. This is the flight from Iceland oh, to so Greenland. Oh, you still have to get to Iceland. You still have to get to Iceland. Hence my first, you better be rich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of pricey. The scenery is spectacular. It would be. I would love to do it, but ching I know, right? Yeah. Uh, and considering you already paid um, to get to Iceland and home from Iceland, that can get, you're looking at five grand easy. Per person. Per person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. With all the extras and the bits and bobs. and Now, there's a 15-day kayak and glacier hiking trip for 2,750 euro, which is 4,100 bucks Canadian per person. (laughs) That would be a lot more bang for your buck because basically it's only $900 more for 10 extra days. Yeah. And you're doing a lot more kayaking and you're hiking up a glacier. Mm -hmm. So 40, so you're you're 10 grand at the end of the day for two people to, (laughs) to go. Be an amazing um, trip, though. But fifteen days, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, and I mean, you could do stay a couple of days on each end in Iceland as well, right? Mm-hmm. I like it. That'd be great. You know what? There, there's some really cool looking scenery. Mm-hmm. I would be as much as I would want to go there and do paddling. I think I'd be more inclined because they do have some of the pat, like you kayak for a couple of days, do some hiking, do some biking. I'd be more inclined to do like a, a kayaking, hiking sort of thing mm-hmm. scenario. Um, not, not so much into the biking, but um, yeah, stay there for for more than four days, five days. If you take going yeah. that, that distance, you huh. know, and then have John pay for it all. <laughs> uh, so, so in other words, you're not going on the trip. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. If, if you go to kayakingreenland.com good name (laughs) 
Uh, they'll have more info. You can see more information there and the types of trips they offer and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I, Greenland has always been something there, you know, like curiosity about Greenland. Mm-hmm. Let's just say. Yeah. Uh, more than just the Greenland paddles. Yeah. I always thought it'd be nice to, uh, I, I've always wanted to paddle the area between Newfoundland and Labrador. That up, you know, northern Newfoundland and go over to the Labrador side. It's not that far of a paddle. It's an easy day paddle. And I think that would be a, a nice area. And it's, you can drive there. You don't have to fly and mm-hmm. whatever. But it gives you access to the same sort of scenery that you'd have in Greenland. How far and is Greenland from? I, oh, I'd have to look on a map, but I don't think you could. You could, if you were an expert paddler, I, I would say yeah sure try it but uh it's a lot of exposure there and uh you could get into trouble pretty quickly hmm right like if yeah. a wind if windstorm comes up or something and oh yeah you, you'd yeah, want to be an expert to be an expert yeah you'd want to be yeah. an extra paddler yeah and have some sort of form of backup but there's always been some curiosity about greenland that mm-hmm. i know i know. know i mean i had the same yeah. thing about iceland so yeah. i went mm-hmm. but uh yeah have to check out greenland one day yes that'd be cool 15 days in Greenland. Yeah. yeah. Go see all so, on lottery. Uh, we could start a, a GoFundMe. Yeah. Um, a go, is it a GoFundMe, a GoFundUs, or a GoFundSean? <laughs> a a GoFundUs. Yeah. So the three of us could go do remotes from oh, Greenland. Oh, yeah. We're sitting on top I, of a glacier recording this week's podcast. <laughs> that would be awesome. I'm guessing no one would fund that one, would they? They might. If we get enough <laughs> money donated, we will bring one lucky listener with us to Ooh. carry our gear, <laughs> our roadie, <laughs> trip roadie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A valuable resource. There you go. Um, that's all I've got this week. John, you got anything else? No, not really. Um, what do you mean not really? Well, either you do or you don't. I was just thinking about that alternate paddling in Greenland thing I may have to Google, but you know, beyond that, not really. <laughs> this is a family show. Did you know oh, that Iceland that's... has a penis museum? I've been to it. Who, where? I bet you have. Uh, Iceland. <laughs> really? They, yeah. In fact, yeah. I, should send you a, I should send you my photo from me there. At, no, it's okay. <laughs> it's actually quite, uh, apparently it's quite the tourist hotspot. Really? Really. It's, now Derek's going to Google it. No, I'm not, I'm not Googling that. There's are certain words that you don't want to put into Google. <laughs> On a work computer. <laughs> I'm going to be at my coworker's desk tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Phil got fired today. Don't know why. <laughs> Something about his Google history. <laughs> uh, what about you, Derek? Anything else? I've got nothing. None? <laughs> no. All righty. Well, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream our episodes on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, Podchaser, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. Or you can go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com and listen to all our episodes there. If you enjoy the podcast, please share them with your friends, family, and fellow paddlers. John, thanks for coming on this week. Thank thanks. you. Thanks for having you here with us. Yeah. Derek, thanks for being on this week. 
<laughs> Don't know what's going to happen that's, next week. That's, uh, yes, that's true. Oh, see, and he, I was going to say, that's the first time he's ever, like, been really nice like that to you. And then, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being on, Derek. Yeah. Might have to fire you next week. <laughs> it's like well, the Princess Bride. We are recording remotely <laughs> next week because yeah. of the stay-at-home order. That's yeah, so where we're going oh, back that's to. That's true. Derek has to go back to his, his attic. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Derek, if he fires you, I'm looking for a, a co-host, by the way. <laughs> Perfect. I'm in. <laughs> you need a letter of recommendation? Let me start this right now. <laughs> Derek is a model employee. <laughs> take him. Take Doesn't him. matter what HR says. <laughs> hey, HR likes or me. all those complaints against him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> From the paddle shops. Yeah. <laughs> I had to tell him four times, no, sir, this is not that kind of paddle shop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All righty. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.